0: Hey Prime members, you can listen to Country Heat Weekly ad free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. Did you guys have a duo name? We did. It was called The Lockets.
1: Lockets? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody knows this, guys. This is like super, this is super hot exclusive. tea. Exclusive. Okay? I
0: love it when we get scooped. This Me is too. awesome. <laughs> Y'all, we are spilling the tea today. Ashley Cook had a whole other career. And we had no idea. (laughs) No clue. It was so (laughs) much fun to find out about this. Welcome,
2: everybody. I'm Kelly Sutton. And I'm Amber Anderson. You guys may know Ashley from her popular duet with Brett Young Mm -hmm. called Never Till Now. She's also performed on The Bachelorette. Yeah, yeah, and she's toured with a ton of heavy hitters.
0: She's now on the road with Luke Bryan, and if you aren't familiar with Ashley, you definitely need to get to know her because she is a star in the making. We fell in love with her. She has a confidence about her that really is uh, unusual for someone so young. Well, now we know why. (laughs) Right? Yeah. I mean, her bio literally says she wrote her first song when she was 11 years old, and then she moved to Nashville when she was 18. But in between 11 and 18, there's like this void. Little did we know Mm -hmm. she was performing. She was acting. She was recording. And she even made some music videos in a duo with her sister. We
2: get into it a little bit when Ashley joins us center stage to talk about her new album, Shot in the Dark. And after the interview, she casually (laughs) mentions that she took acting classes with Miley Cyrus and a bunch of the Disney kids back in L.A
0: just it was such a little (laughs) aside like hey yeah no big deal that sent us down the rabbit hole you knew you give us that nugget we're gonna flush that out she told us there was stuff that used to be on YouTube it's still on YouTube (laughs) I think she was pretty disappointed to
2: find that out. That was still on YouTube and on Amazon Music as well, which Mm -hmm. was really funny. You just got to know what to look for. So stick around after the interview and we'll tell you what we found. (laughs) It's so much fun.
0: (laughs) Okay, first, though, we do have a lot of other country music news that we need to dissect. I need you to tell me about the morning that you spent with Mickey Guyton.
3: Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card.
2: Ugh, I ran into her we had a great conversation we caught up it had been so long mm-hmm. she splits her time between Nashville and LA so it's always good to get to see her and I was just asking her how's life and she's being
0: a mom and doing all the things and her little one's getting so big oh did she give you any scoop about her duet with Kane nothing compares to you and not a ton
2: I mean, we tried to keep it less business, okay. more just like catching up. But we did talk about the song. She did say how excited she is to have this song out in the world. I love this collaboration. I love it so much.
0: Well, we know that it was written by BB Rexa, Tyler Hubbard, and Jordan Schmidt. And then mm-hmm. when she did her podcast last time, which was last year yeah it's been a minute she talked about how she and tyler had written a lot together and they really formed this solid friendship they even wrote a song for her last album about her husband grant
2: yes and she said they had collaborated on a lot of things Mm -hmm.
0: well this is another love song in
2: the press release mickey said she
0: connected with it the very first time she heard it i'm so excited for her and kane and we are going to manifest a performance of them together On stage. Let's just say it. Let's speak it into existence. We need that to happen during an awards ceremony. I don't know which one, but just Just an awards ceremony. put it out there. We'll be lighting
2: the Dolly candle about that. Later. Okay. We're gonna make it happen. Yes. <laughs> but we also got some new
0: Chris Stapleton music mm-hmm. this week and news of an upcoming album. Yeah, I mean, this was kind of a surprise. I really hadn't heard that he had anything new coming. But this album is called Higher. It's gonna be released on November the 10th. It's co-produced by Chris, his wife Morgan. And Dave Cobb. I love this for her. Is this her first time in the producer's chair? I mean, I think so, because she's been raising five kids and she's out on tour with her husband, killing it on stage every night. I mean, truly, there's nothing this woman can't do. <laughs> for sure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think we all know she's kind of what makes that machine go. Uh-huh. I mean, he'll Chris has said that before. But the title track to the album is actually a song Chris wrote back in 2001. Right after he moved to town, and it was actually
0: his first demo session he ever did. How crazy is that? Yeah. Talk about coming full circle to have the first attempt be the title track of a project 22 years later when he's the reigning entertainer of the year. How does that happen? So take note aspiring artists, hang
2: on to those early demos. You just never know when they'll find their time, right? You never know. Chris is actually the cover star of the Country Heat playlist this week, kicking things off with his new song, White Horse, which is another one he wrote a while ago, actually.
0: White Horse was a song I wrote with my friend Dan Wilson. We were out in Los Angeles. It was about, oh, I think probably late 2012, early 2013. And there was a movie called The Lone Ranger that was coming out. And uh, I walked in the room to write with Dan at his house and he said, hey, they're looking for, they're looking for songs for, for this Lone Ranger movie. I said, cool, let's, let's write something. What do you know about it? He's like, well, I don't really, we don't really know anything. I, I was like, well, let's just make a song that might sound like that. We got to talking about how it would be cool to have kind of a rock-driven uh, western theme song, and that's kind of where the song came from. We kind of built it around a guitar riff, really. To our booking team, yes, we absolutely want Chris to come in and do the podcast with us this fall. But could we please also have Morgan come in with him? Thank you. Okay, thank you. Please, please, and thank
2: you. Okay, one more thing I want to talk about. Okay. Did you see the news about Luke Combs having to cut his set at Gillette Stadium short last Friday night?
0: I did. I mean, it was sad. You know, it was rain delayed for a while, and then they came back, and they played a few more songs, and then the fire marshal came in and pulled the plug. But I did see, like, crazy epic pictures of him in the pouring down rain and the raindrops coming off of his hat. It was intense.
2: A lot of fans were upset that his opening acts got to play their full sets because I think the threat of bad weather had been there all day.
0: I mean, that's exactly what happened to Taylor Swift here in Nashville, remember?
2: Yeah, right. I mean, we don't know what the logistics were behind the scenes that maybe didn't allow Luke to go on any earlier. Maybe someone
0: wasn't there. Maybe equipment wasn't there. Who knows? I feel like there's something else on your mind, though. When you're talking about this, you look very sad. What is it? (laughs) Okay, well, Luke played 10 songs. Yes. They had a 40-minute
2: rain delay. Mm -hmm. He came out, played three more songs, and then he announced that more bad weather was moving in, and the fire marshal was only going to let him do two more songs. Okay. So he knew he only had two more songs to do, right? Yeah, yeah. His last two songs were The Kind of Love We Make kay. and Beer Never Broke My Heart. How could he not play when it rains at Force? <laughs> How, Luke?
0: Uh, I get it. Oh man, that's a I mean, total missed opportunity.
2: Wouldn't that just be like the most like epic? Like as it starts like raining, everybody singing. because people sing that song so loud. Yes. I'm just saying.
0: Okay, on that note, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with our chat with Ashley Cook.
2: Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
3: If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying?
0: Welcome back, everyone.
2: Big, loud recording artist, Ashley Cook has made her way into the studio. Welcome to Country
1: Heat Weekly. Thank you guys for having me. Is this your first time in the house? It is, yeah. It's like so unbelievably cool. cool? It's like a retro vibe. Hey, I love it. (laughs) It's a dolly room is everything.
0: So for people who aren't familiar, let's do some backstory. Let's do it. Um, You grew up in California, then moved to Florida, then you ended up in Nashville. Give us the
1: whole route. Yeah, I have have a very bizarre story. I was born In Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. Kind of throw a wrench in that whole story. (laughs) Um, And then I moved to California when I was seven. Okay. And then moved to Florida when I was 15 and Nashville when I was 18. So my dad was in corporate. My sister and I were in entertainment really young. So it just kind of like took us around all over the place. Yeah. I lived in like 19 homes before I was 18. Yeah, so we just moved around a lot. Super crazy. That's wow. nuts. Yeah. Wait, okay, so your sister and you are in entertainment. <laughs> yes. Back up. I need this story. Like, what were you guys doing? How old were you? Yeah, so I think I wrote my first song when I was 11 in okay. L.A. Yeah. And my sister is a year and a half older than me, and so she was always obsessed with acting, which is honestly kind of what even, like, brought us to L.A. in the beginning, and so we just honestly both fell in love with entertainment at a really young age. And so we both started singing together and doing some duo stuff and traveled around the world as kids doing that and and really just kind of got like our feet wet in it as kids. So not many people know that, which That's is a fun fact. So yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. At picturing like Disney channel, <laughs> oh, yeah. Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. That same world. Yeah. We like worked with some of the people in that world. Yeah, I don't really know to what extent. I feel like it was a different life, to be completely honest. Yeah. But it was crazy. And then I then I went to college in Nashville and kind of was still you know in the music scene and we split up our duo and kind of decided to <gasps> focus on other stuff but not in like a negative way it was just kind of like hey you know we were kids and got to do this together and had the best time ever and she's now into acting more and so I'm in music and yeah it's it's cool weird like sibling dynamics yeah did you guys have a duo name we did it was called the lockets
3: yeah The Lockets? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Nobody knows this, guys. This is like super, is super like hot tea. exclusive. Okay? I love it when we get scooped. <laughs> this, this is Jesus. awesome. <laughs> this so is if we
0: search the lockets on YouTube. Oh, God, please do not search the lockets <laughs> on YouTube.
1: <laughs> Are <laughs> they gonna pop something up? Probably. I don't know.
0: I it's, love. Yeah. It. We got a li- we, It was a we long time work. ago.
1: I mean, we were kids, like literally children.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. I think it's really great when you find something that you're like, oh wait, no, this is what's
1: sparking my curiosity, and mm. this is what I want to do, and yeah. then you end up actually doing it. 100. You know, That's I think amazing. When I was a kid, my parents are not in music at all. Like my dad's a business guy. My mom, like, is a stay-at-home mom, and she also is like a, a author and like totally not in like the entertainment world whatsoever. And so me and my sister just at a young age just kind of fell into it, like, weirdly. My sister was super into acting and, and like, modeling and, like, pageantry when she was younger, and it took us to L.A., and then I was surrounded by the entertainment industry as a kid and just fell in love with all of it. So super weird. The lockets. We will be uh, (laughs) looking at some things.
2: Oh boy, I'm scared. (laughs) So, as far
1: as music goes, did you have music playing around the house? My parents are not musical at all. Like I said, you know, like they can't hold the tune. Don't kill me, mom and dad. Um, (laughs) But like they always had like Motown playing around the house and like they they always just loved like Johnny Cash and they were lovers of music. um, Like James Taylor, my mom was obsessed with, but they never like sang or wrote music. And so, when I was a kid, I think just again, being in LA, being around entertainment, all of my friends, it's like when your friends play soccer, like they went to performing classes and they went and did commercials. And I was just surrounded by it so young. And I think also moving around so much, I felt pretty lonely. And I I found understanding in lyrics and in music and in poetry at, at a young age. And so I think I just kind of fell into wanting to make people feel the way that I felt, you know, as a kid, listening to music. Okay, so you came to Nashville. Yes. You went to Belmont. I did. But you
2: didn't study music. So I what didn't. was your plan when you were like, I'm going to Nashville, I'm going to Belmont, but music's
1: not in the plan? Do 18-year-olds ever have a plan? <laughs> I <don't> know. <laughs> um, You know, honestly, I was in entertainment for, like, my whole life. You know, I was homeschooled on and off for it, and I, I missed homecomings, and I missed proms, and I missed all of those things. And so I think when my sister and I kind of decided to, like— Figure out what we want to do with our lives, maybe not music, and kind of figure out you know what our adulthood looks like. I was like, man, I kind of want to go to college and have like a a normal college experience, you know? Like I didn't really get to have that middle or high school like normal experience, and so I went into Belmont and I went in originally as music business because I was like, well, maybe I'll want to go down the road and into management or something like that. And then I was at school and I was like, man. If I want to do music, I could just go do music. You know, I, I could just, you know, go and pursue it full time right now. But if I'm in college and I want to do this, I I want to, you know, try different things. I want to find out who I am and, and explore different routes and see what those could you know mean for me. And so I, I went into marketing and communications because I always loved it. I always had a passion for it. And, and obviously being a kid, being in entertainment, communications kind of came naturally to me. But marketing, I was so fascinated by because it's like the way that people see things, the way that we frame things and the way that we word things. And so I was like, I want to try this. So I, I went into marketing. I fell in love with it. My senior year, I was applying for marketing jobs and getting like offers to go work at marketing firms in Nashville. And I was like, oh, maybe I should just try this out and see what happens. But if you know Belmont, you know it's a music school, too, obviously. Right. yeah. So a lot of my friends were still in music, and there was this thing called the Country Showcase. Are you all familiar with oh, that? Oh, mm-hmm. it's a big deal. Yeah. It's a big deal. Like, it's a big, a big deal big, big to deal. play in it, it's a bigger deal if you like place. 100%. Well, so yeah. like Brad Paisley won it in the sure. past. Like so many people that have gone through Belmont have won this competition, and I had gone to it all my four years. And so I was like, you know what? I'm a person of faith. I was like, God, hey, if you want me to do this music thing as an adult, just show me, like, what you want me to do. Like, just just kind of put it in front of me. And I was like, apply for Showcase. So I just applied for it on top of applying for marketing jobs. And I got into the country Showcase. And I was like, I don't know if this is going to be. Well, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I placed top four, and I win out of nowhere. Wow. Okay. <laughs> it was crazy.
0: There's so many questions yeah, here. Me. <laughs> <Hit me. laughs>
1: My first question is,
0: the people that had been doing music this whole time, How many daggers were you getting when you walk up there and they announce you as the winner? And they're like, you're a marketing major. What
1: "What are you doing? Stay in your lane. (laughs) I can't even fathom. Like, was there a lot of that? You know, thankfully, (laughs) I didn't feel it. Like, they didn't tell me that to my face. Um, Also, I'm really blessed because the people that I competed against are still good friends of mine now. And they're just really, really great people. They're still pursuing music. They're crushing it. So I hope hope that people didn't feel that way. I'm sure there was a a bit of that because— you know, I, some people were like, who is the? Where did she come from?
2: <laughs> she like, she even, yeah, she did she go Like, she wasn't even. Yeah, she doesn't even go here. You can't sit
1: with us. So what did you sing to win? What did you submit? Let's see. Okay, I'm like, go back in my mind. I played two songs that I'd written when I was 15. So, like, really old songs. And then I played The Middle by Marin Morris was my cover. Yeah. Which was a lot of fun. That's awesome. It was a good time. So good. <laughs> yeah. It, honestly, I hadn't really stepped foot on a stage in years. And I was like... It it felt really right in the moment, and it felt really exciting. Because I was still like, well, that was fun, moving on. Like, I don't know what's going to happen, you know? And, like, obviously, you guys know that music yeah. is not an easy career. Like, right. it takes a lot of blood, sweat, and tears to, like, break as an artist, right? Yeah. So I was like, all right, well, do I want to commit my life to this? Do I want to, you know, really put in the work to this? Because it takes a lot of work to really, you know, do this. And so the the panel of judges, they're all, like, industry professionals, like, from, like, Universal and CMA and, and all these things. And one of them was Carrie Murphy, who's my now agent at WME. And I was like, oh, man, like, just kind of talking to her. And she was like, hey, I know you have a lot of other opportunities that you could take, but you owe it to yourself to just give it a year and just see what happens. And just just give it a year. And here we are, like, four years later. And I'm still giving it years. So wow. <laughs> I've gotten to, like, go on tours with, like, Brett Young and Cole Swindell and, like, Jordan Davis and soon-to-be Luke Bryan and, like, just the moments with them, even, of people that understand where you're coming from. They really do. You know, like, they get it. They've been there. They, they've they been the new artist. They understand, like, the advice they can give you, like, carry my agent. If you—I think, I think as artists, we're all kind of, like, deeply artistic individuals, and we get really wrapped up in our thoughts and our brain. And I think if you don't have the people, like, your team or anybody around you to say, like, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Get out of that. Like this yeah. is what's reality right now. You're you're not gonna survive. You have to have the, the village around you to help you, you know. Let's talk about how your fan base grew. I think so many people, especially like
0: post pandemic that we talked to, um grew their fan base through TikTok. Yeah. Same thing for you. Was it overnight? Was it a slow burn? When did you
1: look at it and go, Okay, wow, this is really growing a fan base in a real way? I think it was a combination of both of those things in the weirdest way. Um, I was one of those odd ones that my very first video went viral, which was super weird. Um, I was in quarantine in the pandemic and trying to figure out how to pursue music when you can't play shows and you can't go to Red Door and you can't do the things that us <laughs> right, new artists typically right. do. And so I, I was like, oh man, I should just you know get on social media or something. And one of my friends sent me my now best friend, Spencer Crandall's video um, of this challenge called the Low to High Challenge. I was like, well, this looks like a cool thing to do. I'm bored in the pandemic. Might as well just post a video and see what happens. I post the video. Well, actually, overnight, like 2.3 million views out of nowhere. And my whole family, (laughs) we're like bored in the pandemic, have nothing to do, and we're all like, well, another million. Like what? Like you're <laughs> like, what is happening? It felt like so not real, and I think a lot of the social media world can feel like very, mm-hmm. yeah, like those aren't real people, hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. So it was so bizarre, and that's why I say it was kind of a mixture of both the overnight and the churn and burn kind of stuff. Because overnight, I had you know a video of that capacity of virality, and then you have to learn the platform and learn what times to post, what to post, how to post, like certain ways to speak to people, and how to kind of brand yourself marketing wise on the platform. So I kind of just spent the entirety of the pandemic learning the social media platform and how to go live, when to go live, the, you know, best practices. Especially taking that marketing knowledge that, that you yeah. have. Four years, the, baby. Yeah, that's that's a, lot. It. That's a lot. a <laughs> lot. It's
2: kind of been interesting to watch the way people have discovered music. I mean, went from having American Idol and The Voice and things like that to the TikToks and the more social media forward, um, you know, apps and stuff like that. So what was the transition like for you when you got to get from behind the camera and get out into rooms full of people?
1: Was that a big, hard transition for you? It was bizarre. Um, I wouldn't say hard, and I think... I really was blessed in this situation because when I was a kid, like I said, I had done so much performing. And so I think a lot of the people that blew up on social media and had never stepped foot on a stage, they're kind of like, oh, God, how, what do I do? And obviously they're figuring it out and they're crushing it. But I was really lucky that I had already kind of performed and, and had been in that world and dabbled in it before the social media world. So it kind of felt like going from another world to another world to another world back to the other world, you know? And so it was, I think the, the, the most shocking part for me was seeing the people show up because, like seeing you know so and so 48 as their username now in person and they're like hey I'm so and so 48 you know it's like this is so cool to get to see these people that have been following me for so long and people will show up to meet and greets at shows and be like man I've followed you since the very first video I feel like I already know you and I'm like is that creepy or is that cool (laughs) I don't know I'm kidding it's it's really cool but I'm like man this is it's cool that we now have this ability through social media to share this journey with people that it used to be, you know, you have to come to a show and, and make the fans and meet the people, and that's obviously still very much a part of it, where every show that I play, even if it's a headline show, and I think everybody's there to see me, like, people get dragged by their friends, and I have no clue who I am. So I have to prove to them, you know, yeah. hey, I, I hope you like this music. That's
0: yeah. amazing. Okay, debut album is called Shot in the Dark. Yes. 24 songs, 20 of them you co-wrote. <laughs> it did. Wow. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I'm excited. That's writing cool. credits
1: really uh-huh. off the charts. Why so many songs on this first one? I've been, again, writing songs since I was 11. And so there's a lot of songs and just I had a lot that I wanted to say and, and experiences that I've been through. And I just turned 26. And I feel like, you know, the last couple of years of my life have just been figuring out what the hell life is, you know, and and love and career and balancing things and family and just so many different parts of it that I had written about. And I was like, I really don't know if I, you know, want to hold off on any of these songs being on the project and so i'm lucky i have a label like big loud that allows me to do that um i think they've been saying this is like the the longest debut album ever in country which is super exciting and we did not plan on that being the case it wasn't <laughs> like we wanted to do that for that reason um honestly we just i had written a lot more songs than this and we were kind of whittling down little by little and the 24 songs felt like I don't want to take any of these songs off.
2: And those songs are like your babies. 100%. You know, you're yeah. fighting for your kids out there. <laughs> exactly. You know? yeah. Don't you know? leave
1: this one behind. I know. I want to shout out some of
2: the co writers you have on this project. Oh. insane. You've got some heavy hitters on this list. We've got Emily Wiseband, Corey Crowder, Trevor Rosen, Josh Osborne, Jesse
1: Alexander, Nicole Galleon, Colby Calais. It's nuts, dude. That's- <laughs> Well, so I've looked up to Colby my whole life. You know, I think when I was a kid, you know, the blondish hair from coastal places, people were like, you remind me of Colby. And I was like, that is the biggest compliment you could ever (laughs) get. Sure. So we're going to keep dropping names because
0: you also, in addition to Colby Calais, are working with Nate Smith. Yep. You've got to do it with Jackson Dean, yeah. whom we absolutely love. He's the best. So how do these things happen? Is it people that you've met along the way that you reach out to or your label's like, hey, it would be great if you did something with? How does that all come together?
1: It's more so me making friends along the way um, and getting, and I, I think that, again, my label, I love my label. They're amazing. I, they are really the first people to be like, hey, who do you think would fit on this project? Who do you feel like you want to put your art with to? And they're like, go make it happen. And see what happens and obviously they'll help along the way and facilitate when when need be but Nate Smith was somebody that I had met um, on radio tour and just fell in love with the guy he's He's incredible he's just the best human ever like if you know Nate Smith you love Nate Smith that's it oh yeah and so I I sent him a couple songs off the record and I was like hey you know I, I really would love to have your voice on my first debut album like would you be willing to do that and he's the one that picked the song see you around and felt it was like I love this song can I please be on this song that was how that one happened and the Jackson song was actually a very Nashville kind of story. They had uh, the AIMP Awards, which is the mm-hmm. Independent Music Publisher Awards. They had asked me and Jackson to cover Don't Think Jesus by Morgan Wallen at the award show. When we had been friends before. Um, but we got together to rehearse, and he asked about the album. And I was like, yeah, you know, actually, Luke Dick, who's Jackson's producer, is one of the songs that I'm cutting, was was written by Luke Dick and Lainey Wilson. And it's an, I love this song. I'm obsessed with it. And he was like, wait— what song is it? <laughs> you sound like him. You yeah. did. You did. Like little. Wait, wait. wait. What, song what song is it? it? What song oh. is it? it? And I was like, That's it's it. called What Are You On Fire About? And he was like, dude, I've loved that song forever. Like, are you, do you want to do a feature? Like, can I Can I be on it? And I was like, hell yeah, you yes. can. Oh <laughs> my gosh. I was like, please. It's amazing. And so the song came together. And that he, song yeah. is insane. Thank you. And love like,
2: on our team. She <laughs> loves the song. I love the song. I listened to it on repeat. Thank you. It is so good. You guys sound incredible together. Thank
0: you so much. And just Thank in you. case anybody missed that little name drop there, Lainey Wilson. I know. Wilson. This song with Luke Dick. <laughs> it's really cool. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. So She's you got incredible. Lainey as a, as a writer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Okay, She's so
2: if, you know, Jackson's like, I want to be on it. Yeah. So I've obviously never asked anyone to sing on a song with me, but, you know, <laughs> We know about co-host chemistry. We do, you, love that, you love know, that, like I love do. So when someone either says they want to sing on a song, or you start talking about it, how do you ensure that you know you guys are going to sound good together? I there feel like there's, there's like reason. this level of like nervousness that would right. go along with it. I mean, like, yeah, sure, you can be on the song. Oh, that's so true. That's true.
1: I think, I think when you have the caliber of talent like Nate Smith and Jackson Dean. It'd be hard to sound it. Good. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think that's that's just trusting that I'm so obsessed with their art and the artists that they are and, and what they create that I'm like, you know, I hope we sound good together. And if not, then hopefully they. So- I mean, they sound amazing. It'll carry the song regardless. You know. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I mean, and and fortunately enough, I mean, both of these songs, I really think that our voices blend beautifully. So really yeah. good like Thanks. amazing I can't
0: imagine going back and being like so change this we're <laughs> gonna just take a pause on this <laughs> actually you're not <laughs> on the song anymore sorry uh, that'd be you're, so awkward they get buried underneath like oh no you're on there listen real close you're in the background singing BGV <laughs> yeah.
2: you mentioned this earlier but you've toured with Brett Young Jordan mm-hmm. Davis Cole Swindell mm-hmm they all have different fan bases. Mm -hmm. So what would you say that you've learned about yourself through those touring experiences and getting out in front of some of these audiences that you're not sure how they're going to take you as a new artist? That's
1: a really great question. You know, I think I used to get really caught up in like, oh, well, this fan base would like this song better, so I need to switch it up and see whatever. But my team has been really great at reminding me to like, hey, do what you do. And the people in that crowd that are meant to be your fans, they will be, regardless of what it is. And... You know, the songs that you just put out the best foot forward that you think would make the best show. Mm-hmm. Don't, you know, judge it based off the headliner or what this people, you know, typically would like. Just do you. And that's, I think, the the best thing that I've learned. And from each artist that I've opened up for, I've learned so much from, too. Like, Brett Young is, like, the biggest family guy in the world. I want to have kids someday. I want to I want to have a family. And it's it's daunting when you're an artist because there's so many things that you have to do and so many commitments. And it's like, how could I juggle having children and being a mom on the road as well? And Brett kind of has shown me like, hey, you can make it work. You know, you can you can bring your family on the road. They can be with you. And that's that's been really awesome and a really fun fun thing to get to see. And like Luke Bryan, I'm, I get to go out this weekend for the first weekend. I'm so excited. And he always taught me like just be spontaneous. Like the crowd wants you to have a good time because if you have a good time and, you know, if you mess something up, you laugh about it moving on and, and they can be a part of that moment with you, then they love you even more. So I've learned a lot from each person. This is the biggest tour you've been on yet. Mm. I know, so Are you ready? How are you feeling? I'm so excited. It's going to be so much fun. I've already rethought my set like five times. (laughs) Even though I just said I'm not going to do that. I'm like, ah. But I'm really
0: excited. It's going to be a blast. You're going to kill it. Okay. So far, we've named male headliners. So who's the dream female headliner that you would love to go out with?
1: Oh, That's a great question. I'd say Taylor Swift, right? Because she's, I mean, that would just be an absolute dream. Especially the Eras tour. Holy crap. It looks so cool. Um, I'd say Miranda Lambert. I am so obsessed with her brand and what she does and how she just rocks a freaking crowd. And everybody is just like, that's a badass. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And I I think, I think I would learn some really, really awesome things from getting to go out with her. So that's probably like, next up dream.
2: Well, that leads us right into burning questions. This is where we throw questions at you. These are rapid fire. It's good. You give us the first thing that comes to mind. Okay, let's do it. There's only one right answer here, but I'll ask anyway. Which ocean do you prefer, Atlantic or Pacific?
1: Uh, I'm so bad at geography. Which one's which? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm a go Pacific. Floridians Pacific, right? Atlantic, Atlantic, Atlantic. Say Atlantic. Atlantic. That's the one. Atlantic. Atlantic is the right <laughs> answer. Guys, I'm so bad at geography. <laughs> of so Mexico. of oh. Mexico. <laughs> You're exposing me. <laughs> okay, ready? <laughs>
0: Favorite TikTok account to follow: Anna Satar. The bus pulls into a truck stop. What do you have to run in and grab? Reese's peanut butter cup. What's the best thing you cook?
1: Ugh, pasta. It's easy. <laughs> Favorite Taylor Swift era? Ooh, that's a hard one. I think Debut. Which Luke Bryan song would you want to come out and sing with him on stage? Oh man. It's not going to happen because it's an album cut. But he has this song called Too Damn Young that I've been obsessed with since I was younger. It's an album cut. Not many people even, I don't know if they even, I mean, of course they know it. But, like, it's one of my favorite songs. The last thing you bought on Amazon. A tent for tailgating outside of the Luke Bryan shows. <laughs> so fun. <laughs> Are you going to tailgate? <laughs> Probably, yeah. Not, like, outside, but, like, in the little backstage area. Yeah. yeah. Guys, she's out on
0: tour with Luke Bryan on the country on tour. She might be tailgating before this show's you in a tent. never know. Just look for her. Get there early. Don't miss her set. New album is called Shot in the Dark. Ashley Cook, thank you so much for coming in. Thank Thank you you so much. much. This has been so much fun. Thank you. (laughs) I love her so much. Me too. I mean, she's just a great hang. She is.
2: And, you know, we get to interview a lot of new artists. And usually they're kind of nervous. Mm-hmm. And maybe they haven't done a lot of big global interviews like this. They're kind of green to yes. it all. Yeah. Not Ashley. Not Ashley. Apparently
0: her time with the lockets, <laughs> it prepared her well. Okay. So we want
2: to spill some more tea about what our team found. There was some Nancy Drew-worthy investigating going on around here, and
0: the rabbit hole was deep. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Okay, so before she left our country heat house here, we were playing the music of The Lockets. We were also watching videos from CMA Fest years ago of those two.
2: Years. And Ashley said that she thought that most of the stuff had been wiped off the internet, but no. Nope. You just got to know what to dig for. So the Lockets was apparently an early name for the duo, and later they performed as Jenny and Ashley.
0: You guys, check out how cute they were. So our music is
1: very, um, the music we write is um, country, storytelling, Debra Taylor Swift sounding. She is a huge inspiration of ours. And um, Carrie Underwood is a huge inspiration as well. So, um, country, but we always look at it at our little pop. <laughs> pop side. Okay, we have to
0: remember at Christmas time to revisit their version of Winter Wonderland, which is available on Amazon Music. I love all of this. I know. (laughs) I love it so much.
2: Guys, thanks so much for hanging out with us each and every week. And just like that, season three of the podcast
0: comes to a close. And this was a short season, just 13 episodes. We're going to take a few weeks off while everyone is out on the road because everyone is releasing new music this fall. And we are going to be very busy. In the meantime, please follow us on social media so we can keep in touch. You can find me at Hey, it's Amber A. And I'm the Kelly Sutton. And make sure that you're following our podcast on your favorite listening platform. That way you'll be the first to know when we come back. Can we tell them who's going to be kicking off season four? Oh, mm -mm. they're (laughs) in our ears saying absolutely not. Um, But let's just say that if everything goes according to plan, we will be back with a guest who is both a legend, a current superstar, and has never done our podcast before. I'm excited. (laughs) Follow the podcast on
2: your favorite listening platform and we'll see you then.
0: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Country Heat Weekly ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at listenerstudy.com. Welcome to Pura, the most pristine, safe, climate stable city on Earth, a haven amidst the wreckage. Here,